Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. Welcome to our Wednesday night Bible class. We're podcasting a Bible study every Wednesday night for those who can not be with us or with another congregation of the Lord's Church on Wednesday nights, midweek time to get together for Bible classes. There are a lot of people we know who want to study God's Word, but they may not be able to get out very well. Or maybe they're not in an area where they can find a congregation of the Lord's church, but they still want to get into God's word. And so we're glad to be able to broadcast God's word, teach it in focused ways through these Bible classes on podcast over the medium of the internet. Now, if you're in the Omaha area, we encourage you to come and be with us in person if you're able. The Sunny Slope Church of Christ, our church building is located at 3606 North 108th Street, 3606 North 108th Street in Omaha. And our Bible classes on Wednesday nights are 630 every Wednesday evening. And Sunday morning, our Bible classes begin at 930 and then followed by worship at 1030 and Sunday evening worship at 6 o'clock each Sunday evening. You're welcome to any and all of our services. We hope you'll come and get to know us better. Let us get to know you better and study and grow spiritually with us and worship God with us at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ. Now, we encourage you also to go to our website, churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com. Click on the podcast button and sign up for our podcasting. When you do that, you will automatically receive wherever you are in the world, as long as as you have access to the internet, you will receive our Wednesday night Bible class, Sunday morning Bible class, all of our worship services. I'm sorry, let me back up a little bit on that, all of our sermons. And also you will receive a daily Monday through Friday radio program, Search the Scriptures. And what I really consider to be a gem, and that is a short Bible study every day, seven days a week, that we call today's Bible class. Only about 13 or so minutes long each day, but it gets us into God's Word. And so all of that will automatically go to your smart device, your computer, your laptop, pad, tablet, or your smartphone. And most people probably choose their smartphone. But it'll automatically go to that device, whichever one you choose. Now, this is free. Our podcasting will always be free. We're not after people's wallets. We want to help as many people as we can get into God's Word and thereby learn how to get to heaven. We want to help you along that line. So take advantage of that and also tell all your friends and family members to do so as well. These Bible studies, Wednesday night Bible classes, we want to encourage you to share these with everybody you can every time you listen, with your family members, friends, work associates, neighbors, with whoever you can, everybody you can, all the time. And you can do that through Facebook friends, text messages, other technological means. But you know people who need to get into God's Word. They need to be stronger in their faith. And being in God's Word will help along that line because faith comes by hearing the Word of God. Romans 10 and verse 17. So help them by sharing these studies with them. Just think what a great blessing it will be for somebody who may get their thinking, their life, their spiritual focus turned around and they get to heaven for all of eternity. But you know that'll be a great blessing for you as well. So share all these studies you possibly can. 
We're going to get back into our study in 2 John, I'm sorry, 1 John chapter 2. And we've been digging deep in this particular study, as we have been in all of our studies during this time as we're podcasting these Wednesday night Bible classes. We've gone through a number of Paul's letters. We've gone through the James. We've gone through First and Second Peter. And now we're well into First John. And so we want to help you get a deeper understanding, not just a kind of a glossed over mention or reference to whatever might be taught there on a surface level basis, but we want to help you get into the meat of God's word. And you know, that's that's something that we really need to pay attention to and appreciate because a whole lot of people, they just have a very minimal surface level, and some many people don't even have much of a surface level knowledge and understanding of the scriptures. The Hebrews writer wrote along this line in Hebrews chapter 5, beginning with verse 12. He says, for though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles, or that is the very basic fundamentals of the oracles of God, and have come to need milk and not solid food. And there's a you know, kind of an analogy to a baby who only can take milk to begin with as he's in in the first short period of time after his birth, but he needs to grow up to solid food fairly quickly. And so the Hebrews writer says here, writing to these Christians, he says, you know, you ought to be on the solid food of God's word now. You ought to be in the deeper matters, but you're still, you're still stuck in the fundamentals. You don't understand those well enough yet. He goes on in verse 13, and he says, For everyone who partakes of milk only is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age, that is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. So we need to grow up in God's word. We need to grow stronger and deeper in our knowledge of his teachings. So that's why... I dig deeper as we go through these studies that we're podcasting to help you learn the weightier matters of what is really being taught there and not just stay on a surface level kind of understanding. We're going to be looking at verses 15 through 17 today, and that is 1 John chapter 2. And this is a text of scripture, rather small, immediate context of scripture, but boy, it is important for us to really get the message within this. John writes, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. Now, John is talking about the contrast between two focuses in life. And one of those focuses is on the world and the ways of this world and living in this world and, conversely, worldly living. And then the other focus is on living a spiritually focused life 
walking with God according to his teachings communicated to us in his word. Now, boiled down, we would say the faithful life of Christianity. Do not love the world or the things in the world. There are a whole lot of people. I'd say a massive percentage of people whose lives are basically focused upon worldly things, worldly living, the ways of this world. What am I, how am I going to live my life in this world? What is my life in this world going to amount to? What am I going to get out of it? What are the pleasures that this world and living in this world can bring me? And what are the, the you know, not just the pleasures, but what about fulfillment? How can I get fulfillment through living in this world, in the ways of this world? And they're not really focused on God. They're not really focused on their spiritual lives. And a whole lot of them don't really want to be focused on those aspects of their life because they get in the way of their focus on living in the ways of this world. Well, we've talked about this contrast many times in today's Bible classes and also in our Wednesday night Bible class, our Sunday morning Bible class, in our radio programs. We talk about that, that contrast between worldly living and living that is focused on walking with God in faithfulness and obedience to his teachings. John directly says, do not love the world or the things in the world. In Romans chapter 12, Romans chapter 12, the apostle Paul wrote along this line as well. And, and I really want to look at a, at, at, at a particular statement here that he makes. Romans chapter 12 and verse 2, I'm sorry. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, so if you go back to verse 1, Paul says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, now he's writing to Christians, but the instruction here is focused on everybody. We all ought to be looking toward living a Christian life because that is the way to God and that is the way to an eternal home in heaven. Jesus said in John 14 and verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now that would fly, that, you know, that would fly in contrast to a whole lot of people who don't believe in Jesus as the Savior, the only way to God but that's something that they need to come to grips with because that is exactly the way it is. Jesus is the only way to God and the only way to eternal life in heaven. So Paul says here, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. So how can we present our bodies. Now, we're talking about our physical bodies. We're talking about our lives here. How do we live our lives? Our lives, Paul says, needs to be a living sacrifice. As the Apostle Paul wrote of himself in Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20, he said, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me, and the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So Paul said, yeah, I'm still alive physically. I'm still in this world, but 
my life belongs to my Lord, Jesus Christ. And it is my faith in him that directs my daily living while I'm still alive physically here on this earth. So my life is spiritually focused primarily and not physically focused. My life is focused primarily upon living by the ways of God's word through Christ, Christianity, and not the ways of this world. And that conforms to what he's saying here in Romans chapter 12 and verse 1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies, live your lives while you're still here in this earth as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. We have to live in this world because this is where we are physically right now. But this should not be our primary focus in life. Primarily, we ought to be looking toward eternal life and eternal home in heaven with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And so in verse 2 of Romans chapter 12, Paul goes on. How do I live that life that's primarily focused on my relationship with God and my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? He says in verse 2, do not be conformed to this world. I cannot live primarily focused on worldly living and be right with God at the same time. I can't walk with God and with the devil at the same time. And this world is consumed in wickedness and sinfulness, and the wages of sin is death, Romans 6 and verse 23. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How is my mind renewed from the ways of this world? How is my thinking transformed and my life thereby transformed from the ways of this world to the ways of God? Through my diligent study of God's word, the Bible. Again, faith comes by hearing the word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. So do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Well, it gives us great instruction there, doesn't it? When we look at James chapter 1, James chapter 1 and verse 27 James writes along this same line that John addresses and the Apostle Paul addresses about not getting caught up in the ways of this world, not falling into the trap of the devil luring us into worldly living being the primary way that we live or the primary focus of our life. James wrote in James 1 and verse 27, pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their trouble and to keep oneself unspotted, unspotted from the world. Hmm. You see, the ways of the world are under the influence of the devil. He's referred to various times as the ruler of this world the God of this age, lowercase g. And that's not saying that he's more powerful than God the Father, the creator. It's just saying that the ways of this world have fallen under his sway largely. In James chapter 4 and verse 4, adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world 
is enmity or puts you in strife with God. Whoever wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy, an enemy of God. An enemy of God? That's that's what James writes, and he is writing God's very word. So an enemy of God. If we're walking in the ways of the world, if that's our primary focus in life and our primary way of life, then we're not walking with God faithfully and consistently obedient. So we need to understand that. We need to really understand that. Uh, It's important because ultimately our eternal destiny is what's at stake, our eternal destiny. Interesting, isn't it? In Galatians chapter 1 and verse 4, the apostle Paul wrote, speaking of Christ, who gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this present evil age according to the will of our God and Father. So when we come back to John chapter 2 and verse 15, where John says, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. We need to understand that there is a stark contrast between living by the ways of this world and living by the ways of God communicated to us in his word. God wants us to be with him forever in heaven. The devil wants us to be in hell for all of eternity. Now, that's very direct and blunt, but that is the fact of the matter. So we need to understand that. This world is passing away, but we're going to get to that in a few moments. But let's look at verse 16. And John goes on in John, 1 John chapter 2, verse 16. He says, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, three primary avenues of temptation the devil uses to lead us into sin. The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life, John says, is not of the Father, but is of the world. Well, we can look at a number of texts of Scripture that show the contrast and that warn us to not be living lifestyles that are influenced by those ways of temptation that the devil uses, those avenues that he uses to try to lead us down the pathway that will lead to eternal condemnation in hell. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, beginning with verse 9, the apostle Paul wrote, do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Now, what does that mean? They will not inherit the kingdom of God. They're not, they're not going to be in heaven. Do not be deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. Now, those are people who are living in the ways of the world, the ways of this world, the sinfulness that the devil has, has, has led the world basically into. In 
Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5, we look beginning with verse 19. And again, the Apostle Paul writes, the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like. So this is a representative list, just as the one in 1 Corinthians 6 is. And Paul goes on and says, and all the other ways of ungodliness that are so prevalent within this world that you can think of and that you can observe, you can notice by the way people around you are living, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Again, they're not going to be in heaven. So those are ways, those are sinful lifestyles that we need to stay away from. We need to not be people who live by those kinds or in those kinds of sinful practices. In Ephesians chapter 5, in verse 11, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. The unfruitful works of darkness, the ways of the world, the ungodliness into which the devil has so successfully led so many within this world to be living their lives in by those ways. We need to stay away from them. So we come back to verse 15 of 1 John chapter 2, do not love the world. Now we might also say another reason to not love the world is what Peter brings out in 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 10. And he says, the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, and here's a rhetorical question for each of us, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? Well, you see, the holy conduct and the godly living, that's opposite of living in the ways of the world. This world is going to pass away. In fact, in verse 17, as John finishes this particular immediate context of Scripture, verse 15, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Verse 16, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And then verse 17, and the world is passing away, and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. He who does the will of God abides forever. See, this world is going to perish, but God has an eternal home waiting for us if we will walk with him in faithful obedience consistently while we're still alive in this world. If we will abstain from the ways of this world and walk with him in faithful obedience, according to the teachings that he has communicated to us in his word. Look at what Peter wrote in 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again 
to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. When we're baptized into Christ, immersed in the waters with him, the blood that he shed on the cross cleanses us of the guilt of our sins, Acts 22 and verse 16. And we are reborn spiritually, John chapter 3, verses 3 through 5. We become a new creation from a spiritual perspective, 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17. And so Peter goes on in verse 4 of 1 Peter chapter 1, and he says, to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. Now there's that eternal home that God has waiting for us. If we will not be in love with this world, if we will not live in the ways of this world, that are sinful and wicked and evil because this world is passing away. If we will walk with God in the light of his word and the light of his will, godliness, and that goes back to 1 John chapter 1 as we looked at verses 5 through 10, God is light, totally righteous, totally pure, And there's no darkness, no evil, no wickedness, no sinfulness in him at all. But if we're walking in fellowship with him, then we're not walking in the darkness which describes the ways of this world. But if we're walking in the darkness, the ways of this world, then we're not walking in fellowship with God. We're not walking in the light of godliness. We really need to pay attention to what the scriptures teach us. They are for our eternal good and benefit and blessing. We need to, be, to not let the devil lure us away from that heavenly home and into eternal condemnation in hell by making sin look good to us. It's not good. It's self-destructive. We'll go a little bit further next time in 1 John chapter 2. Let's pray together now. Father in heaven, thank you for loving us so much that you sent your son to that cross to die and thereby pay the price for the guilt of our sins so that we could be forgiven, so that we could be made new spiritually so that we could be born again as we're baptized into him for the remission of our sins, so that we could have that better way of life that leads us to an eternal home with you in heaven. Help us, Father, to appreciate what you have done for us and help people all over the world open their eyes to that blessing that you have waiting for them. Help us to stand strong against the ways of this world, the devil being ultimately behind those ways. Please forgive us, gracious Father, and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.